So that's incredible. We're praising God for that, praising God, because we're in this thing together. That's what I told them. The same God that's moving here in Bluffton is moving there in Douglasville, Georgia, and he is a big God. That's why I love missions. I love talking about missions. I love next week we're going to be talking about Honduras and how we're supporting people internationally. And the same God is there moving and working as well, building and making disciples. And he is doing incredible work there in Honduras and all around the world. And so we just want to join him in his work. God, how how can you use us for your glory? Uh, But to set all that up, we're not into the message yet. Y'all got me excited talking about missions and where I'm already preaching. But uh, we are starting a brand new series today uh, in the book of Daniel. That's right, the book of Daniel. Maybe you saw online or the email that came out. Uh, But the book of Daniel, and this is an incredible book. We like to do, we try to keep it, um, we use both topical preaching, but also we like to preach through a book as well because uh, we want to be good stewards of God's word and we want to preach the whole counsel of God, right? So we'll bring in a topic and kind of dive into that, but then we'll say, hey, how do we open up this book and just preach through this book? Because uh, all of it is God breathed and God used. And so we're going to be in the book of Daniel uh, for the next few weeks. We encourage you guys, uh, you know, every Sunday. So today we're going to be in Daniel chapter one. We're going to pick through that. And uh, it's an incredible story. It's an incredible roller coaster ride. And we're going to dive into that today. So Daniel chapter one is where we're going to be. And I just want to stop and I want to pray for us. Ask God to speak to our hearts here this morning. Is everybody still enjoying this weather? Oh, it's so good, isn't it? I love it. This, these are the months where I'm like, wow, low country. I love it. Thank you. Right. Uh, July, you're kind of like, OK, why did I move here again? Right. Like it's, it's, it's so hot here. What's going on And the humidity? But this is incredible. It's nice. So uh, we are so thankful to be here. Thank you guys for being here as well. If you're joining us online, we love you. Uh, you can comment on there as well. So but let's pray together. Ask God to speak to our hearts. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for each and every soul that can hear the sound of my voice. God, I'm so thankful for this church and how you're moving and how you're constantly binding us together, God. And God, I just pray that you speak during this time. I pray that you speak during this whole series. God, as we uh, just cling to your word for guidance in our day and time. God, I pray that you will reveal things in us and reveal things through us to other people. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And we ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So I want to set this book up a little bit. We're talking about the book of Daniel. Um, It's a really great name. My name is Daniel. The book name is Daniel. Uh, The book is definitely not about me, okay? Uh, Actually, the book is definitely not even about Daniel. The book is about God. And in fact, if you look about, look through the entire book, the major theme in this book is God's sovereignty, how he is sovereign over all, in all, through all. And no matter what kingdom is in place, God is still sovereign. And so we're going to kind of discover that and you'll see that as a theme all throughout. But just as I'm kind of a history nerd, anybody else love history in here? So I love the background historical context. And uh, for us to understand this is uh, we have these four Hebrew boys who were Jewish, who were, grew up in Jerusalem. And in fact, most scholars believe that they were, uh, grew up in a, uh, a godly home because their names are tied to uh, godly names. And so you have Daniel, who is God is my judge. And then later we'll see uh, their names get changed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
later in Scripture here in the book of Daniel. But we see that they are in Jerusalem. They are uh, following the Jewish law. They're practicing Jewish people. And then uh, this country comes in. The, the Bible tells us that uh, the Israelites begin to turn away from God. And, and so we see this Babylonian nation come in and they take over Jerusalem. And when they take over Jerusalem, they take some of the, the Bible describes the brightest and uh, the most, they even describe them as athletic, not necessarily athletic, but good looking and smart. And they grab up all of these men and they pull them into captivity and they begin to train them in the Babylonian culture. And so this is what is happening right now. So when you think about Daniel, and most people believe he's probably anywhere from 15 to 20 years old. Can you imagine being at that age and a nation coming through and taking over and then now you're held captive by this nation? And they would walk through this strenuous process of, of, of kind of conditioning these people to become Babylonians. And they're training them up for the Bible describes for about three years. Uh, they actually make them Inuits. And, and so we see this whole crazy process that happens uh, in this. And so Daniel and his his closest companion, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're walking through this. I mean, their world has just been changed forever. I mean, can you imagine just the intensity of their life? God, what is going on? Why would you allow this to happen? And this entire series, we're talking about what happens to your faith and my faith when we face adversity, because life is going to bring us adversity, right? Life is going to bring us hardships and things are not always going to go our way. And this world is still broken, right? And things begin to happen. So what happens to our faith in that? And so we can pick up some biblical truths here in the book of Daniel. And so um, just talking about a little bit of history here, it's about 605 B.C., that's happening here also around the same time that you see Ezekiel, Habakkuk, uh, Jeremiah, Zephaniah. Those those prophets are right here in that same time period as well. And you have King Nebuchadnezzar, who is the king of Babylon right now. And so he has taken over Jerusalem. Daniel is here. And this is where we pick up in Daniel chapter one. And we're going to start in verse three. And we're actually going to read, kind of work our way all the way down through verse 17 today. Is that OK? Everybody still good? Very good. All right. Start in verse three. Daniel chapter one. This is how it reads. The king ordered Aspenaz. I practice that, but it's not coming out right. His chief of staff to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only strong, healthy and good looking young men, he said. Make sure they are well versed in every branch of learning are gifted with knowledge and good judgment and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchens. They were to be trained for three years and they would enter the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azra, these are their original names, uh, were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff named them with these Babylonian names. So he changed them. Daniel was Belteshar. Uh, Hananiah was Shadrach. Mishael was Meshach. And Azra was Abednego. And so we see this here. Just to set this up a little bit, uh, the king has brought them in. He said, You're gonna, we're going to begin to train you in the Babylonian culture. And in fact, we're going to try to um, allow you to have the best food here in the region. 
And it says they have a full spread. They come to the table, all different kinds of meats and all different kinds of fruits. And it says some of the best wine. And they come in because they want to raise them up, change their mind to follow this culture, to believe that this king really is Lord. This king is emperor. And they're trying to make him follow suit, right? And, and but we see there's an issue that begins to start to brew here with these young men, because if we look in Leviticus, in fact, Leviticus chapter 11, we see that there are certain dietary laws that God calls the Jewish people to follow. And we see that it, uh, that God revealed some things in the New Testament. where We don't have to follow those same laws, but this begins to come into play here. And so as we continue to read, you're going to see what happens with these three, these three or four Hebrew people. They have to make a decision. They have to begin to wrestle with this. OK, I'm in this new culture. Culture has completely changed. It has completely shifted. But now I know that God has called us to live this way. So now they're faced with a dilemma. And I cannot help but you and I to go, okay, we have a culture in our day and age that is constantly changing, right? And we, we're faced with realities that are in front of us. And then when we read God's word, we may look and go, wait a second. This isn't the way that God's called us to live. And so we're faced with a similar decision, right? We're faced with which way am I going to go? I'm going to move towards the where the world and culture is going, or am I going to follow God's way, follow God's command? And so we see this play out. And I believe it is so relevant for us today here in our day and age. So Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it continues. It says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. And this is what he's talking about because he, the, most scholars believe that it could have been uh, offered to idols. It could have not been drained correctly, the meat and some of the blood left in there. It, it could have been pork, all of these dietary laws that in the Old Testament that God said, hey, I don't want you to do this. Now, Daniel and his friends, they see this spread and they go, well, wait a second. Well, we can't eat this. We can't dive into this. This is wrong, right? And so he didn't want to defile himself. And he goes on. Now, God had given the chief of staff both respect and affection for Daniel. But he responded, I am afraid of my Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat this food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other youths your age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. Daniel spoke to the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look over Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water, Daniel said. At the end of the 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Right here in this moment, right? Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're standing there. They see this spread and they have a decision to make, right? They say, am I going to just dive into that? And am I going to follow what God has commanded or am I going to follow what the, the laws and the commands that God has given me? And I think about this, about your life, and I think about my life, right? Because I'm sure there was a voice inside of their mind that said, look, it's just food, right? Like, it's just a little bit of food. It, it, it's okay. You can, you can just dive into that, right? In fact, it's probably going to make you healthier. You're going to be stronger, right? You're, you're going to build some bulk, some muscles, and you're going to look good, right? And like, I'm sure that voice is in there, and other people and the king's trying to convince them of what this is going to look like. But Daniel says, you know what? 
this is not what God has called me to do. And he has a decision to make. And I think it's the same decision, maybe not about food, right? But a decision that you have to make and that I have to make. That we have a way in order to live our lives. And there's going to be moments in our lives where we go, am I going to follow what God says or am I going to follow what's going on around me? And, and I'm not going to sit up here and go, well, you know, it's an easy choice. Choose it every time, right? Because it's a true wrestling. Some, Tim Blackaby, he even calls it a crisis of belief, right? Where we have this moment of crisis of going, wait a second. Am I going to choose this? Am I going to choose that, right? Am I going to step out in faith? But God, we see something happen in us and through us. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down or just kind of absorb this. When we live a life of obedience, we are honoring God. Because that's what Daniel is doing. He is saying, I'm going to choose God here in this maybe small thing in the eyes of the grand big picture, right? I'm going to choose God in this small thing. I'm going to choose to be obedient to what his word says as he's calling us to follow. And when I do that, I'm honoring God. He's lifting God up, right? Because right here in this natural conversation, they go, hey, I can't do this. Because God's called me to live a certain way. He's called us to eat certain things. And he goes, you may not understand this, right? He's talking to the Babylonian people. You may not understand why this is different. But we trust God because he's called us to do this. And when he's doing this, he's lifting God up. He's honoring God. And I love this in Luke chapter 14. It says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. And I love that because when you and I honor God, when we humble ourselves to go, you know what, God, it would be really easy for me to do this, but I'm going to trust you and your plan in this. And when I trust you, I'm going to humble myself, right, lower myself and honor you, God. You'll begin to do a work in me and through me and around me. And we see this begin to happen. But what I love here is it's easy to skip over. Here's what Daniel does. Uh, because I like to constant, I like to look at scripture and these characters, not only the decisions that they make, but how they make those decisions, the way they're thinking, but also how they interact with the people around them. Because Daniel, he, he has to be wise about this, right? Because he could be beheaded, just as the scripture says. They could have just been like, oh, you're causing a ruckus. We're just going to kill you off. Uh, we'll get some more captives, right? He had to be careful. He couldn't just go about this and go, well, we're not going to do this, right? And make this big old scene because the king would have eliminated him. So Daniel had to be wise. And it says that God granted him favor, right? And I love the method that he used. He said he went to that person and he began to talk to him and say, you know what? I have a new way and I think we're going to get to the outcome that you want, but I'm going to do it God's way. Right. Like I believe that we can find common ground here. We can find the outcome that you're looking for, but I have to do it God's way way i can't do it your way i have but if you will attest me in this i believe that god is going to do a work in me and through me and I, I was reminded of this in first peter when it says this instead you must worship christ as our lord of your life and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer always be ready to explain it this is the point right here but do this in a gentle and respectful way keep your conscience clear then if people speak against you they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that's what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. 
Now read that piece of scripture, right? And we see the dilemma that Daniel is having here in culture, and he's having to talk to this guy, but he comes about it in, in a respectful manner, right? He, he doesn't allow the situation that's in front of him to pull him out of character of who he is and who God has called him to be. He doesn't pull him out of the fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. He doesn't allow this situation or the people that are telling, trying to get him to live a certain way to pull him out of character he goes you know what no I'm still going to be respectful I'm still going to come about this in a way that I think we can get to a solution right and he presents this God's way and I love that because if you're taking notes I'd love for you to write this down Daniel leans into culture right because God's placed you and I in this day and time and he doesn't want us to fully separate from the world, right? And go live in the woods and nobody talk to us. Nobody come around us. I have to live on my own, right? No, he says, I want you to live a sent life. You are a light in the darkness, a city on a hill, right? And he's like, in fact, I want to put you right in the middle of everything that is going on. But still, I want you to do it my way. I love that. It's Daniel leans into culture, but he does it God's way, right? He leans into the Babylonian culture. He's saying, I'm still going to serve here in this kingdom. I'm still going to serve. In fact, you're going to see here in a minute that God actually raises him up to be a well-known leader all throughout the way. But he says, I have to do it God's way. And I think he does that for you and I because we may work for people or interact with people that we don't fully agree with. Right. And we can choose to fully separate ourselves and go, you know what, I'm not even going to I'm not even going to pursue into that. I'm not even going to lean in. I'm not even going to have that conversation or talk to this person or be with this employer. But you and I know I can lean into culture, but I have to do it God's way. I have to be willing to trust God and say, you know what, this is it. And so for me, I, I, I like to ask myself these questions. And in fact, I like to ask God these questions. Well, no, okay, God, well, what's the line then? When do I cross the line? Where do I know, like, okay, your way is this way, but how do I know when I've gone away from your way, right? And so I, I ask myself these questions, asking God, and this is, this is kind of what we begin to look at in Scripture, in all of Scripture. And, and I love for you to, to think about this, that God will never call you to step into sin in order to reach those who are pursuing sin. God's never going to go, oh, you need to, st- yeah, yeah, you need to lean into culture, lean into it so much that where you're going to fall into sin, right? So that you and I are, are pursuing those who are in sin. And I remember when I first came to know Christ, I kind of came later in life, uh, a senior in high school, just beginning college. And before that, I was really big into sports and I, I was big into the party scene. And, and so all of that began to happen and play out. And I remember when God called me home right called me to be a Christian and I remember giving my life to Christ and I was the one of the people that continued to change in that we have a guest I don't know Jacob you want to check on that for me he's going to check on that welcome to portable church world right uh, it's always fun uh, but anyway uh, what was I saying Daniel in high school, I'll share you my story. There we go. 
But I remember, I remember when God called me into a relationship with him. And as I began to talk and interact with, with God, and he began to show me his way, right? I felt the pressure of, God, I want to I pull them too. Like, I want to pull the people that I used to party with into your light. But I, then I wrestled with, okay, do I enter back into that party scene, right? But God clearly stated, I don't want you to go back into sin. And my personality, I'm kind of all in. I'm what you would call like a social butterfly. So I couldn't, I found out I could not go back into that party scene and not be sucked into the sin. And so I had to take a moment and a season to separate from that. Uh, But I I could still, we'll go to lunch. We'll still hang out. We'll still, like I didn't break the relationship off, right? But I needed to have that moment of going, you know what? I can't, I can't go all the way into sin in the name of I need to reach you. I can't go all the way into sin in the name of I'm trying to bring you into the light, right? Because God's not going to call us to step in what is outside of him, to fall into that sin as well. And so for you and I, we, we know that's the line that he's called us into. And this is something that we have to wrestle with with our lives because we live in a day in a culture where there's going to be moments and opportunities to go, this is how you do it. But yet we're going to have to stop and go, you know what, I, I believe we want to move forward. We want to get better, but we can't do it God's way. I remember when I was a school teacher, I used to be an elementary school teacher and um, one of the the times that we had is every day during lunch, all the teachers would get together. But the particular group I was hanging out with, um, I wanted to build a relationship with them. But the particular group I was hanging out with, and this was a long time ago, um, they we would get together. And what was happening was it just became an opportunity for everybody to gossip. And people were just going around and, and sharing this about gossip this and gossip that. And I remember feeling the tension of going, okay. I want to build a relationship with people who I work with, right? I want to walk into this. God, I know you've called me to do it, but I feel like I'm not representing you, God. I remember praying this prayer, God. I don't want to be pulled in, and now I want their approval. I want to get on the inside, so I'm going to jump in and gossip too, right? I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to complain too, right? But God is saying, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do it my way. And in fact, if you'll do it my way, you will stand out and be different. In a culture that is heading one way and you and I are headed another way because I believe when I read scripture, when we live God's way, that is us living our best life, right? Because he created us. He loved us. He knows how we are wired. And as we are moving to be more Christ like, we are moving closer to righteousness. We're moving closer to our calling. We're moving closer to purpose because that is how God has wired us and created us and when we trust him and trust his plan we begin to see that mighty work in us and through us and in the moment you and I may have more questions than answers right because Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego to probably pray I can imagine they're sitting there going God are you sure we could be killed because of this, right? Like you may be thinking, I could get fired because of this. Are you sure, right? Like I, I, they may not talk to me anymore, God. Are you sure? But it's an opportunity to say, you know what, God, I'm trusting you. I'm walking in obedience. And in fact, you and I, when we face adversity, it's an opportunity for our faith to grow. It's an opportunity for God to stretch and grow our faith. And every time we face adversity, I don't know if you've seen this piece of scripture here in James chapter one, but I just love it. And it is so good. And if you're new here, I have a running joke. Every time I read scripture, I'm like, this is my favorite part. But anyway, because it's really all my favorite part. But James chapter one, verse two, it says, counting it all joy, my brothers. 
when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. God is saying, in fact, when you and I face adversity, when we face trials and struggles, it's an opportunity so we can count it as a joy that God is still going to do a work in us and through us. And in fact, it's going to increase our steadfastness. It's going to increase our endurance, right? When we're in the gym and we're working out, when you first start working out, you're like, oh, this is the only weight as much as I can lift. I feel like it's so small. But then what happens? You get stronger, right? The more weight you add, the more pressure that you're under you get stronger right and God is saying every step of life even if it struggles even if it's trials even if it's heartaches I will use it to grow your faith I will use it so that now when you go into the world and other people face adversity similar that you've just finished walking through and they look at your life and go how did you make it through that? How did you continue to come out on the other side and God and you're still trusting God like that? Then we're able to point back to the glory of God. We're able to point back of going, this is what God has done in me and in my life. He sustained me. And in fact, he actually grew me during that time because I was willing to be obedient to him and his word through this entire process. And then here, this is the good part. You guys ready? Verse 15, in the end of the 10 days, come on, it says Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished than young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. So after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for others. God gave these four young men unusual aptitude for understanding every aspect of literature and wisdom. And God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret the meanings of visions and dreams. I think there's a principle right here. Is that the Bible and the New Testament tells us, right? Because scripture interprets scripture. It says that he who is faithful with a little will be faithful with much, right? And it's an opportunity when God see, saw Daniel and these young men go, you know what? You're going to be faithful with me in food, right? In my commands, I'm going to increase your influence I'm like, because I know I can trust you with the little that I've given you, the little, the, the moment right here. I know you can trust with the big moment. And you're going to see that later in Daniel, there are some big moments that they have to trust God, but it started right here in Daniel chapter one. It started right here in this moment where they're saying, and I'm going to take this first step of obedience. And when you and I take steps of obedience, it opens us up for God to do a work in us and through us. We see that God is faithful. And that's what his word says, is if you and I will continue to trust him, he will continue to use us for his glory. Right. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down. When I walk in obedience, God continues to use me. When you and I walk in obedience, it opens our hearts for God to continue to use us. And we see him do a mighty work. But he's looking for our obedience to say, God, I'm trusting you in this moment. I'm trusting you in this moment. I'm trusting you in this moment. And I believe that you're going to be faithful to show up each and every step of the way. Because you and I may not be faced with, oh, I got to eat this or I got to eat that. But we are faced with daily decisions of going, okay, God. I'm still going to lean into culture. I'm still going to be around in this day and age. But God, I'm going to do it your 
way. Will you give me strength to do it your way? And I love for us to continue as we continue on this series. We're going to be talking about what are those ways and how God has called us to do that. Because I believe that God wants to continue to use each and every person in this room. And I believe, get this, Daniel was there in this day and time because God ordained it. I believe you and I are in 2022, right, for such a time as this. It is not by mistake that you are here in the low country at this time and at this moment in this generation. I believe God continues to ordain all of that, not so that we would separate and cower away, but that we would stand firm in the word of the Lord and say, hey, we're going to lean in, but we're going to do it God's way. We want to be light into the darkness. God, put us on the hill on display. It may not be easy, God, but I want to trust you for it. And I believe that he's called us to do that. And we as a church want to rally together, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Just getting in the huddle, going, okay, we're the only ones. If we're the only ones, that's okay. We're going to stick, continue to do it God's way. But as a bridge church, that's what we want to do. We want to keep leaning into culture, keep leaning into the low country. God is here for you. He's got a plan for you, right? But we come together and say, hey, we need to help be a beacon of light to say, this is how God has called us to live. This is his way. And I believe we can do that as we cling to Jesus as Jacob was singing together and we continue to pray together and ask God to do a mighty work in us. But as I pray, I'd love for all of us as a church to begin to ask God to say, God, where do I need to be obedient to you in my life? Are there is there an area of my life, God, that I'm not walking in obedience to you? Because it start, he started first in Daniel, right? Daniel didn't go around and try to rally all the prisoners and go, everybody's got to do this. No, he started with himself. He's saying, I can't defy myself, right? And he started with himself. And I believe you and I, we start there to say, God, what do you want to do in me? Is there any piece of me in my heart that I still need to surrender to you? I need to trust your way in. And I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't give that to you. But as the Holy Spirit reveals that, it's an opportunity for us to surrender that to God. Go, okay, God, what is your way to handle this? I want to trust you in it. Whatever that may be in our lives, we can continue to walk in obedience to him. So I want to pray for us. Ask God to speak to our hearts. And the worship team is going to come back up. But before they uh, start to sing, we're going to take communion together. And what a great reminder of what Jesus has done for us. And the Bible tells us that Jesus, Jesus was obedient even until death on the cross. And it's an opportunity for you and I to respond of the, of the grace that Jesus has given us. And when we take communion, that's a reminder of that. So I want to pray for us as a church. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. God, I pray that you will continue to give us clarity on where we need to walk in obedience to you, God. God, I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your discernment. We pray for your favor, just like you gave Daniel and these uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God, we pray for that same favor, that you will uh, give us influence in the culture, God. But I pray that you will give us the faith to do it your way. God, I pray for your grace and truth. I pray that the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal some things in us, God, that we still need to surrender to you. I pray that we trust that it's your way. God, I pray for your wisdom. I pray for your guidance. God, I pray that you continue to use us for your glory in this day and age, God. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. 
Have a blessed day.